This episode of The College Comrades is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. We can see ourselves recommending Manscaped to women as well. Manscaped has precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped sent each of us the perfect package 3.0. Their body trimmer was not only cordless, but it was waterproof and had a helpful light so it can be used in the shower. This trimmer helped get into nooks and crannies below the waistline, as well as groom stomach hair, chest hair, and any unwanted hair keeping you from revealing your awesome tattoos. And when it came to my beard, using the Lawnmower 3.0 gave me the cleanest trim I've had in quite a long time. I was also pretty happy that I was able to remove the blade to ensure a thorough cleaning. And I felt comfortable being able to trim my neckline to its greatest potential. I ended up using the trimmer on the hair below my waistline, and now it looks clean and feels smooth, and even my wife agrees with me. I look and feel great, and I can confidently walk around my house naked. And for me, I do have a good amount of chest hair, and the trimmer groomed it very well and made it smooth. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer with a light and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of crops are about to be nick-free thanks to the Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe technology. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing package deodorant and moisturizer. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. If that isn't enough for you, Manscaped also has breath mints, fingernail kits, apparel, and the lawnmower 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCC at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Be sure to use the code TCC. And now, on with our show, The College Comrades. Welcome back from the, what was it, it was one week break. I thought you were about to say ad break. No, it was definitely not an ad break. Well, I mean, there was an ad, the, so. The one week ad break. <laughs> um, no, we, so, I. I'm Kai. Hey. I, oh, I'm Noah. That's probably good. We should and I'm Andre. <laughs> it's been so off since, at least for me, since all of the. Uh, protesting and stuff has been, I mean, even since COVID started, I've just felt off. But um, this is our conspiracy theories episode. Um, And I was thinking about it throughout the week up until recording day. And I texted you guys and I was like, Hmm. does it feel appropriate to release an episode, especially an informationally heavy episode, um, at a week where protesting is happening around the world and it's at its peak. Um, and yeah. none of us really knew the answer to that question, which kind of made the 
answer obvious that no, it's not appropriate for us to release an episode this week um, and to show our support to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which you guys saw on Instagram or social media. Um, So we took a week off, and I think it was healthy for all of us, um, and it gave us more time to prepare for this episode. Um, But I want to ask you guys, Kai and Andre, and then I'll answer myself, I want to ask you guys where your guys' views and opinions lie on everything that's going on right now, because I know that um, the listeners definitely value your guys' opinions and views, so... Um, what do you guys think about what's going on right now? First off, I think your voice is gravelly in a great way. <laughs> Just for that last month, <laughs> like, I thought that was nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. I am kind of just thrown back and forth on both sides because I know uh, police officers who are really great people and not like racist and they wouldn't do what was done to George Floyd. Right. But then... I also, like, there are little children, little African-American children who are sitting in their homes afraid that they're going to die for no reason. Well, okay, obviously for a reason, because there is still racism in this country, or mm-hmm. or maybe some would say because the media uh, blows up, um, well, because everyone is getting upset and everyone is worried, rather. Everyone is worried that there's still racism, which there may or may not be. Because it's hard to, it's easier to point out individual acts of racism, right? Than it is to just say, "Oh yeah, everything is racist." Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm. I feel bad for everyone. <coughs> I feel like I saw an interesting. I saw a funny post. It said time zones are really interesting, right? Because Australia, like right now in Australia, it's like six p.m. I saw that. And over here, or in the UK, it's like one a.m. But then in America, it's still 1902. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, yikes. Dang. Yep. Andre, what are, what are your thoughts and opinions on it? Uh, Actually, hold on. I want to address what Kai said first. It's, it's very interesting that it's become sides at this point. It's... Yeah. It's sad that... Um, the U.S. cannot get, and it's been like this for you know decades, that the U.S. can't get behind one central idea and try to change it in the slightest. You know, um, I think that the day that we see Americans come together is the day that we that we're able to be like, yeah, so what? You're Democrat, we can still get along, or so what? You're Republican, we can still get along. Because it's become this, like, us versus them idea. And on a topic of racism, it's crazy to think that, like, you can't stand in the middle, like, where you're standing, Kai, of, like, I support the police, but I also support Black Lives Matter, you know? And it's so controversial to say that, Mm -hmm. which... Because then everyone's my enemy. Right, everyone's (laughs) mad at you, but ideally that's where you would want to lie because... Both do matter, you know. Andre, where where do you where yeah. do you stand? Where I you get stay? you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, it's like I lean towards more 
of support for the like the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Because you know, the they need to protest to to get the word out. Uh, they don't need to riot like completely. Granted, you can rebuild communities. You know, you can't fix someone's you know rebuild someone's life after death. Right. Uh, especially from the big companies, those guys can definitely rebuild. Um, however, it's like, you know, there's still parts of me that's like, you can't really label all cops like that, you know, just just from some. Granted, um, that label was thrown the other way, you know, for years that, you know, all that's black true. people were thugs, just, yeah. you know, because some of them. I mean, granted, it was a good majority or a good percentage, mm-hmm. but still, you know, you can't label that for complete people. Um, and, so and, and most of it was caused by the government. Yeah. Near, nearly verifiable fact, but anyways. And then there's like, there's a video of police officers um, like breaking down windows and stuff to like start looting and stuff and then... There's some with, like, police officers loading, uh, like, Nike shoeboxes into their cars. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a ton of them. And realistically, if they had no video evidence of it, they probably could have kept it because, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, you know? Yeah. It's... I don't know if that really explains how I, where I stand, but... No, and it, 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 it definitely gives me an idea. And it's hard to, you know for anyone to just stand completely well and people are doing it so i can't even say that say that's easy for some people are making it easy to just stand on one side and other people you know are in different boats with it well it it makes it easy for me to see both sides especially because you know i am privileged too despite me being you know mixed race right. so like i have experienced this like some pretty messed up racism but like i also have had you know privilege that other people haven't so you know i i I see a lot of sides (laughs) yeah for sure i think where where a lot of people that are in the like fully support like police um boat is is I don't think they can say the statement that you did, Andre, where you say, I recognize my privilege. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think that they're able to do that um, because I think they see that, like, oh, this George Floyd thing, like, that happened just like, you know, the other people that have been killed by white cops and mm-hmm. they just move on with it. Whereas, like, Anyone that's opened up their eyes and, you know, educated themselves can see that, like, the George Floyd thing is the iceberg above the water. And all of yep. the systemic race, r- racial inequality in the U.S. is everything below the surface. And when you watch videos online of, you know, cops you know, getting bricks thrown at them or people getting shot up with the rubber bullets, you know, it tugs at your emotional heartstrings and you aren't able to go beyond the surface on, on issues like this because Mm -hmm. you're too fueled by your emotions to, you know, 
take a step back from what you believe and go, oh, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there is a bit of truth to, you know, either, either side. And that's the thing is some people feel like, or, you know, at least it looks like that even when they get themselves educated, they still don't feel like they can change sides. Yeah. And you absolutely can. Your opinion can change if, you know, you, at any point and if, especially if you get educated on the topic. Well, and this is, this is an, a statement that came out of my mouth last night I was ta- as I was talking about with my wife. It is, I was sitting there and we had just ended this conversation um, about everything that's going on. And I, I, the last thing I said that pertained to that conversation as I went, you know, I think Kai's right. I think that less government is best government. <laughs> and only because we now have this, um, we have proof, I mean, physical proof of it happening, mm-hmm. you know, Minneapolis, they, and a few other cities have disbanded their police and, um, it, I'm, I'm very curious and there's uh, a, a portion or a street in Seattle that has been claimed as a police free zone. And I'm very curious to see how it plays out. And I, because, you know, without the police and without the government, yeah. Maybe the people actually can govern themselves. Maybe they can police themselves without, you know, all of these, all of this extra stuff put on by the federal government. And so I'm, I'm very curious to see how things turn out. I, I just want to throw out, <coughs> I do believe less government is best government, but I don't, I do think that the government is responsible for enforcing the laws. Yeah. So... And I feel like I was a bit misconstrued there. No, and I may not have represented you well either. But the idea is like the people are taking things into their own hands now, and the government is backing away. And I'm I'm very curious. I'm not excited. I'm not you know enthusiastic about it. But I'm curious to see how it plays out um, with you know the people and seeing what the people can do because they've gotten this far. You know. They've yeah. made it a worldwide movement, um, and laws are getting passed. We've seen um, in some counties the non-choking law has been passed, so um, police officers can no longer choke their anyone detained or use that as a um, as a device to detain people. Which why that was allowed in the first place is beyond. Yeah, me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's certain things like that where <clears throat> we're now. We're now part of what we're now past the stage, and I, Kai, you might know what the stages of grief are, but the first one's anger, correct? Um, I mean, look it up. All I know is there are five. I know denial, anger, uh, maybe remorse. I'm gonna look it up. Denial and anger. Ah, I knew it was denial. And then bargaining, <laughs> depression, acceptance. So it's we're we're past this stage of. Um, we're past the stage of at least what I feel is um, like violent protesting and looting um, and the media has stopped stopped reporting on a lot of things going on right now but Mm -hmm. it's definitely we're definitely moving into a time of uh, action like okay where do we go from here Um, 
And the other day I had to explain to someone that defund the police and abolish the police weren't the same thing because there's so many people that are getting so upset that are saying like, oh, if you're going to defund the police, who's going to come and save you when, you know, when you're in trouble? And I had to explain like, I, that's, I had to explain it to my wife as well as like defund the police doesn't mean abolish the police. They're not, you can't use them in, in the same, they are not equal. Some, some people have been saying defund the police and mean abolish the police. Yeah, and that's where things get so misconstrued is because there are you know peaceful protesters and activists who are very educated and they're trying to change laws and they're using the phrase defund the police and they mean defund the police. They mean take a sum of money that the police department is given and use that money and redistribute it to other places of that of that the police department or other places of that city budget and put it towards things like education's education and stuff like that so then you no longer have just millions of dollars being poured into riot gear and the newest technology and um policing people and you know all these crazy things that cops may or may not use as a as you know too much force on civilians Rubber, and now that's going into and tear gas and stuff yeah things like tear gas and you know all of these crazy technological advances used to police the people now all of that money is going to go into education or things like body cameras that now keep the police accountable and keep the people accountable and so you can see that like both sides are being represented or take all of this money that's being used to police people and give that towards like, um, educating cops on, um, what better tactics to use or how to, um, act around people who are of color instead of, you know, what happened to George Floyd. And I had to explain that, you know, defunding and abolishing is two different people. While, yes, people are calling to abolish the police and whether or not that may or may not be a good idea, there is people that are trying to enact change in what I feel is a healthy way of defunding the police and putting it towards something else. I'm a, I'm a big, like, supporter of education, so I'd love to see a lot of that money go to education, you know? Yeah, for real. Um, one thing I, that was, like, brought to my attention pretty recently is that, like, in California, you have, like, it takes triple the amount of, like, hours to get your license for barbering than being a police officer. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) And, you know, people would argue with that. They would say, like, oh, well, you know, you get a lot of experience on the job and you you know, cops take extra time and they can, they're never left alone with somebody, um, until their probation periods. Uh, but that's a good point that like a barber has to go through more hours of training and practice t- to get their license than, you know, a police yeah. officer has to go through the academy, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, that was definitely a big eye opener too of like, hold on. Why is that the way that is? Like, police officers only have to go through 
what is it, nine to 12 months of training at the academy, and then they are given their own cruiser and a gun, you know, that, like, that's pretty, that's pretty scary when you think about it. I watched, uh, or I was scrolling through Twitter, and I, I think you may have seen the tweet too, Andre, but, uh, it was this dad and kid conversation, this this dad goes, well, I had this conversation with my son today. He asked me why police officers don't go to law school if they're enforcing the law. Yep. And I yeah, was like, I that. it's a good point, but law school is a bit, uh, it's a bit more lengthy than many people realize. Yeah. Yeah, but it's always funny when, like, you see those videos of cops pulling people over and then the person <coughs> knows knows the law better. Yeah. Where they're you know, like, they, I'm a district attorney. What are you stop. doing? <laughs> I uh, I want to talk about this because it upset me so much. It happened on Tuesday. I'll set it up for you, Kai. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was all over Instagram. From what I heard, it was on Facebook too. Um, I woke up on Tuesday and everybody was po- was posting um, just a black screen on their uh, on their timeline. And using hashtags like hashtag Black Lives Matter or hashtag Blackout Tuesday. And so on this Mm -hmm. Tuesday, the idea, the concept behind it was that everyone, not everyone, sorry. It started as businesses would, um, for one 24-hour period, they would not promote their own uh, content or products or anything like that. And then... Instead, they would um, either not post or they would post a black screen in order to observe Blackout Tuesday, which was to support Black Lives Matter. From my understanding, that, well, it did take wave. Um, It took wave across the entire world, and it became a trend. And so everyone, and I mean everyone, Everyone started posting these black boxes on Instagram. And I I woke up that morning and I saw that Andre had posted one. Not to call you out or anything, Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I genuinely... I mean, I posted it early. Yeah, you did. Like, you did really post early. it pretty early. And I didn't know what was going on, so I, I texted Andre. Or I, yeah, I texted Andre and I was like, "Why? what is going on? Like, what is the point behind this? Like... This was in the middle of the week of everything happening with protesting all over the world and, you know, information going out and stuff like that. And I was like, why did people do this, Andre? And Andre, we, Andre and I kind of like ran through some, we sifted through some answers as to why people were doing this. But as the day progressed, I got so angry. I was like, this is the dumbest idea in the world to do right now to post a black box on your Instagram and say something like black lives matter or blackout Tuesday or whatever, and just leave it at that, which many, I mean, almost all of the people that I'm following did it and they hadn't said anything about black lives matter beforehand or even after the fact, but that's all they did was post this black box. And it was to many people would say like, Oh, it shows that you're, um, that you're standing in support with Black Lives Matter and that you're, you know, you're taking action and you're 
support showing your support for this cause. Yeah. I was so angry because I was like, this disrupts the entire movement. Like That's what I I realized <coughs> eventually. That's why I was I, that's why I deleted it off my, my page. It's not that I don't support or anything. I mean I've I've been posting sometimes on my story about petitions and stuff. Right. So and I, I realized it because like I click I clicked on a petition, right, one of the more popular ones, and it had like four million signatures. However, the black box movement had like sixteen million posts. And I was like, there's no way it should be like this. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't really do anything, especially when people put the hashtag Black Lives Matter. So when people are trying to find information about what's going on that just floods the entire place with it, and so you can't find anything. Yeah. Um, For a whole. And I mean, I realized it was like, man. it doesn't, it doesn't help, Mike. Like all, all it does is just show on social media. If that's all you do with it, then it's like diluting. That the doesn't waters help kinda. at all. It so Absolutely. diluted the waters, and that's such good phrasing for that because <clears throat> there were that whole twenty-four hour period and beyond. It was just black boxes on the feed. It wasn't, you know, the cops slipping up and, you know, killing or injuring another person. And, you know, it wasn't showing all of the protests happening around the world. It wasn't saying that that day was a primary voting day for almost 10 states. And that information is no longer being spread about Black Lives Matter, about making your voice heard. It's all about, I'm going to share a black box and show that I'm supporting. And if that, I would say, you're not supporting the cause at this point. And there were tons of other people that I want to give credit to that were posting, um, because it it evolved so fast over that 24-hour period of like, okay, we're all going to post this black box and then, oh, wait, we don't want to dilute the water, so we're no longer going to use the hashtag Black Lives Matter so that hashtag Black Lives Matter can be used for getting information about the protesting and everything mm-hmm. surrounding that. And then it uh, morphed into, okay, we, we know that posting the black box isn't enough, so then we're going to take a stance and say, these are the things that need to be done. These are the petitions that need to be signed. These are the laws that need to be put in place. These are the voting days and voting times for these states. These are when we are rallying together. This is when we're walking from point A to point B. None of that information was communicated clearly because the waters were so diluted. And all of these other people that are like, oh, I can totally like half-ass and show my support with a black box. They can post that, but then they can't post you know, something else on their social media about all of the things that I just listed because it's too scary to take a stance on social media like that. And it just made me so angry because when I typed in the hashtag Black Lives Matter, black boxes, only black boxes. Yeah. And I was, I had listened to this guy talk and he was like, it makes sense to do something like this on a different day, six months from now, where we do a blackout Tuesday and we can remember and we can continue to bring this to the front. But mm-hmm. right now was is not the time to do that. And it was especially at like one of the peaking moments. So Yeah, that was like one of the 
That was the peak you know? week of all of the protesting. And to see people take action but not really take action was – it was so it was like, infuriating. I feel like the intention was there. It just was so counterproductive. Definitely. Well, and I wouldn't even say the intention was – fully well the intention was there for sure from where it started it was going to start with businesses yeah and they were going to not promote their stuff but then it morphed into everybody jumping on this wave and it then lost its intentionality and its purpose which is what frustrated mm-hmm. me so much is people were like oh i can be part of a trend and i can quote, make a difference by posting this black box and, you know, I'll be good when in reality, like, no, you're just joining the trend and you're not doing anything for this. It was very disheartening. Yeah. <coughs> I, um, oh shoot, we're going long on this segment. I've got I got one more yeah. thing. I posted this on my story. I don't know if you saw it, Andre. Um, but I want to read it as um, I don't. I still am, you know, wrestling with the action steps as to what to do now. And Kai, you might have a few more ideas than I do. Um, obviously, vote. That's a that's a big one. Yeehaw. Um, I mean, obviously, don't loot because that's. That's going in the backwards direction. Yeah, don't break laws. Um, make the laws. <clears throat> I like that. Don't make the don't break the laws. Make them. Um, yeah, I mean, voting's a huge thing right now. Um, so definitely vote. Um, we want to. I would say it's important to show that defunding the police uh, can be done. Like mm-hmm. if you if you can show, okay, look, we're abiding by the laws, then obviously defunding the police would not be a bad idea. Right. Yeah, and I even to piggyback on that is to just take two seconds. And what we asked of you guys, the listeners, uh, last week in our post was to take time that you would normally listen to the podcast and do some research, do some digging, learn, educate yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that go- that ties perfectly into the defunding the police is when you hear that, your first reaction is, at least for most people, is, no, I don't want to get rid of the police. Like, are you kidding me? That's a terrible yeah. idea. But defunding the police doesn't mean get rid of the police. It doesn't mean abolish the police. The two are not the same. And um, So what does defunding the police mean? <clears throat> to take some money or to take an you know, amount of money and move that to a different spot um, as opposed to abolishing the police is just getting rid of them mm-hmm. entirely. Defunding. So lower their budget. Uh, yeah, lowering their budget or just taking the money that's given to them for certain things of like riot gear and you know crazy technologies um, and putting that towards something else that uh, can help the cause, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's simple things like that of like educate yourself on, you know, what's what's true and what isn't true, and you know what people are trying to get a, get their points across. 
Andre, do you have any action steps before I read this thingy? I mean, you kind of covered it. I think educating yourself and, you know, signing petitions is pretty big, so. Yeah, definitely. That's a you big know? one, too. Um, this is This is something that really hit home, and I think it explains. Um, it's just eye-opening. So, let me read it. It says, the problem is that white people see racism as conscious hate, when racism is bigger than that. Racism is a complex system of social and political levers and pulleys set up generations ago to continue working on the behalf of whites and at others people at other people's expense, whether whites know slash like it or not. Uh, race, racism is as is an insidious cultural disease. It's so insidious that it doesn't care that if you're it doesn't care if you are a white person who likes black people. It's still going to find a way to infect how you deal with people who don't look like you. Yes, racism looks like hate, but hate is just one manifestation. Privilege is another. Access is another. Ignorance is another. Apathy is another. And so on. So while I agree with people who say no one is born racist... It remains a powerful system that we're immediately born into. It's like being born into air. As soon as you, you take it in, as soon as you breathe, it's not a cold that you can get over. There's no anti-racist certification class. It's a set of socio-economic traps and cultural values that are that are tied up every time we interact interact with the world. It is a thing that you have to keep scoping out of the boat of your life to keep from drowning in it. I know it's hard work, but it's the the price you pay for owning everything. Scott Woods. So I feel like that captures the the picture of you know this George Floyd thing being at the tip of the iceberg and everything else being at the you know under mm-hmm. the surface. That was a lot. We missed a lot in the past week. Um, I also missed a lot in your guys' lives in the past week. What have you guys been up to? I got a job at the end. Andre? <laughs> Ooh, I've been working at the end. <coughs> nice. Try to save time because we're, you know. We're <laughs> oh, we're fine. You got a job, Kai. Tell us about that. I got a job. It's fun. I'm building muscles at the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've said as much as I want to say, as specific as I want to be. Thank you. I mean, for me, it's just like all I've done is work for this past week and stuff. I haven't done anything special that really outside of that. (laughs) It's fair. All right. Um, I've been working too. I guess if we're going to keep it short for brief for episode's (laughs) sake, then I won't talk about my week. That's fine. Uh, Andre, you want to squip your... Squip, squip, script, script your, squip the, skip the weekly question. Yeah, skip it. Okay, let's fine. Let's skip it, and uh, we'll just jump straight into the conspiracy. Welcome back from the ad break. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more of us or see more of us or any of us because you can't see us right now, I'll probably check out our Instagram page (laughs) and maybe check out our Facebook page. You know, the college comrades. You can find us on. Most social medias, in fact. You got us on Twitter. You got us on uh, the ones I've already said. I think that's it. 
Yeah, it's pretty Facebook. Much. Facebook, yeah. Facebook. I mean, that's pretty much all the socials that exist, so. Dude, the uh, the conversation on Facebook has been getting, like. I've noticed Political. That. And it's been getting, it's been getting a bit feisty. Should we shut some of that down, maybe? <laughs> no, because comments is what boosts. Oh, okay, okay. Every time someone we comments, gotta... it goes back to all of the listeners, uh, or all the people that have liked the thing goes back to the top of their feed so then they see it again right, we're working this which system. which means then they'll comment <laughs> and then it'll get, yeah it's nice facebook is beautiful when it comes to <laughs> nice. advertising and marketing i love it facebook is just one big ad revenue exactly uh, facebook is just one big uh zuckerberg information stealer yeah, yeah. pretty much and we appreciate yeah, no. you going to it. So, <laughs> that being said, in the in season one, we had a beautiful idea. What if we just talked about a bunch of crazy conspiracy theories? That day, we talked about the moon landing, JFK assassination, 9-11. We talked about other things that I can't remember right now. And, Tupac. Yeah, we talked about Tupac. Thank you. Flat Earth. Flat Earth. That's, you know. Um, you said we don't live in a dome? And we did mention that, actually, I think, too. <laughs> then it, it was very well received we really appreciated all the great feedback we got on it and we thought okay let's just drill down and the next time season two hint hint we can find each of our own one conspiracy and just push for it you know and yeah. you guys loved it i talked about the oh we, we actually had two theories yeah i think we did so i'm not going to recall six theories because that's difficult on my mind we did a lot though yeah that being said Welcome to the next... I had one. I didn't have two. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Conspiracy Theory episode for season three. Audrey's going to kick it off. Wonderful intro. Thank you. I try. All right. So... My conspiracy is about MLK's assassination. And the gist of it is that James Earl Ray was framed. Or at least he was, you know. Yeah, he just got he kind of got blamed for it. Well, Granted, he might have had one, yeah. s- he might have had some help or uh, you know, some involvement. But after this evidence, I'm sure you'll we'll think of it count him out. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I mean, we we already know everyone listening. I hope you know. The story they tell us, right? You know, you should definitely give us a recap. Refresher, yeah. Okay. Not for Noah, but you know, he's, he was, other people. <laughs> he was in uh, the hotel, right, on the second floor, and then he got shot from. Wait, can we supposedly? Can we just talk about that? The fact that we learn about MLK in like middle school, and that's the only time we talk about him. Yeah. Because I don't remember, I hardly remember any of his story because we went through, because that I had a dream phase of teaching, mm-hmm. that was in like second or third grade. So it was elementary school for me at least. When was it for you, Kai? Uh, at my school, the fifth graders memorized the I Have a Dream speech uh-huh. and then present it in front of the whole school every year. Oh. So though wow. I only learned it once, we are reminded of it the whole all 12 years. Well, that's that's yeah. good, because I feel like we only touch on that, and then even in U.S. history, I don't remember, like, getting, diving into detail on it. Like, I think second and third grade was the only time we, like, really hit it hard. 
Am I wrong, Andre? No, I think you're right. I mean, Is it depends on specific, like, which kind of class you took. Because if you took U.S. history, I took U.S. history in high school, and we, we touched over it again. Oh, okay. Sorry, I... Anyways, remind us of the story, because the uh, series so don't wait, wait, remember quick, real quick. Well. This is random. Did you know MLK <laughs> was afraid of public speaking? I think I've heard that rumor before. Oh, that's interesting, though. Wow. He was really good at it, but it was, it was every time. As there was this one mm-hmm. uh, journalist who it's just kept saying, following him, and they became friends, but... Uh, it just says that before push past your fears, you know? Yeah, before one of his speeches, MLK is talking with him, he says, you know... I'm really nervous about this. <laughs> the guy says, what do you mean? You, you public speak all the time. You've been doing this for years. He says, yeah, but it's, so, it's still so frightening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... You had a mission. The brief touch-up, you know, he was in a, a hotel, right? And he was on the second floor. And apparently he got shot from a flop house, which is like, quote-unquote... It's like another... Yeah, it's like... <laughs> well, it's another, like, hotel, but it's, like, more like a run-down one. Yeah. Like, very, very oh. ghetto-y, you know. Um, he shot from there by James Earl Ray, and they found that because James Earl Ray mistakenly left the gun. <laughs> or, like, he dropped the gun that's with the, his fingerprints on it, and then... That's the worst hitman ever. With his fingerprints on it? He pleaded <laughs> guilty to it. What? Yeah. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to it, right? <laughs> None of that makes sense. Um, so, like, that's, that's the gist of it, right? He was in Detroit um, for the second time recently. That's what it was, right? Um, okay. He, James Earl Ray, or he, he got Martin Luther shot King? prior to a, a protest. What's up? Is he Martin Luther King? Yes. Okay. Um. All right. That's, I mean, I hope that kind of... Jogs I'm, the memory. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm yeah, you know, brings it back yeah, I'm ready. a little bit. Let's go. Um, alright. A little bit of, very, very small amount of, um, background on James Earl Ray. So, you were talking about, man, this guy got his fingerprints left on the gun, right? Um, actually, his first time being arrested, it was for a robbery, and it's because he dropped his wallet on the scene. So, you can tell he's not very good at, uh, yeah. being a crook. <laughs> you, if especially if you're sloppy like that, like why would you even bring your wallet to the robbery at all? Why would you take you it know, out like of your pocket? That's what I'm why saying. You... Like you know. Yeah. Either way, right? You know, he was arrested for that, and I don't remember how long his sentence was. I think it was like eight years or something. Um, but he actually escaped after two, <laughs> in the back of like a bread truck or something. Dang. So. Yeah, that, I mean that's like this is small background. Have whole trucks devoted to bread. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, guess then, yeah. you gotta bring that bread <laughs> in, you know. Okay. Okay, so that's some that's some a little background on him. So he's not like the brightest crook, you know. Right. <laughs> he's not the brightest um, in the shed. You know, um, and the thing is, I would talk about it later, but I'm just gonna bring it now. Um, people who knew him prior say that like or that they th- would think that he had never even shot a gun before in his life but i mean he was robbing and i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it <laughs> anyways okay mlk had a protest in detroit a few weeks prior to going back this time um 
and it turned violent. And you know, he's all about that peaceful protesting. So yeah, he wanted to go back and kind of, I guess, make things right. No, and have like a peaceful one. Yeah. So he had prepped that, and then prior to his arrival, um, there was a bomb threat, and so that postponed it. And I mean, there's bomb threats kind of all the time. So like, especially when it's like a big figure like that. So, I mean, that's not that crazy, but it's kind of telling him to, like, stay away. Um, also, you know, all this information is not from me, you know. I did not just come out of this, you know, I found it from other places, okay. You know what I'm saying? None of this is mine. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, also with that, a little before the uh, the trip to Detroit, I can't say how long before or how close it was, but it was before, right? Um, he received a letter, MLK, that was confirmed from the FBI that, I mean, I'm going to give it a long story short, right? Um, it, it goes from telling him to stop what he's doing, um, or they're going to reveal that he's been, you know, having adulteries and that, you know, he's been sleeping with multiple women what? and stuff. Outside of his wife. And then it went from that to to him, to them basically telling him to kill himself. That is the only option left to do. And then they said, if you don't, uh, it says you have 34 days to do so. And then it said, like, you are done a bunch of times throughout the letter. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's confirmed from the FBI. How, wait, how is it so, confirmed? Do you know? Like, there's, like, signatures and stuff on it. And, like, uh, <laughs> like the stamp. You know? Well, stamps I, I, th- I don't remember specifically how they confirmed it, but, like, you know. Weird. I, I believe that they came out and said they did it or something. I don't remember. Hmm. Anyways. But you can also hear when they're talking about him. Um, when they're When they're writing about him early... In the letter, they're treating, they're like talking to him like he's like disgusting and pretty much like an animal. Yeah. So I mean, you could kind of see their their viewpoint on him just from that. Okay. And then that's that's just prior. That's all prior stuff, right? When then, so when he arrived, um, surprisingly, with especially with a big figure like that, normally there'd be uh, police attention nearby. Or, you know, protection from the police. But there was very, very little. At, like, little to none. Around his hotel and stuff. Um, Which is kind of a... Makes no sense. But, like... It's important to say. (coughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, There was... I... This is kind of out of the, the blue... But I don't remember where they got it from or anything. But there was, like, two police officers working together or something. And then apparently one of them had been practicing for hours uh, beforehand uh, with a rifle that was really similar to the, the murder weapon. Yeah. Who, sorry, who was practicing with it? A, a, few, a police officer. Oh, okay, okay, right. I'm, I'm here. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so... Uh, 
James Earl Ray, right, was staying in the flop house across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, Coincidence? You know, I think not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> However, um, his alibi was that just before the, um, the, the shooting, that he would t- was um, he had his car in the repair shop and it actually checks out and it was he what? had it in the repair shop for a flat tire Ooh, and so like there's no way he could speed you know like do all that you know break down the gun and he's, you know after shooting and then all that kind of thing you know yeah. in that amount of time so why if he had a great alibi that checks out why did you plead guilty let me let me get to it I'm gonna get all to right, it alright I'm waiting sorry I don't want to spoil it um <laughs> So, the there was a story about one of the police officers that was running through one of the one of the first people on the you know to respond to the call and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was running through stores to tell people like, "Hey, don't worry, you know, but there's been a shooting, or whatever." And when he came out of one of the stores, there was a big, big duffel bag just kind of sitting there, and that's where like the gun was. And so they're saying that he dropped it. <laughs> Right. Okay, yeah, like a fool. And then so they found his fingerprints. Mm. And so after that, they took a look. Um so like you know, this is this is all like kinda after thing, but like they took a look where the point of shot was. Like where he took it, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they say it was a extremely tough shot to hit f- from the angle and the way he would have to stand and all of that. And, you know, I don't want to say you want to underestimate him, but remember before he's like a bad crook and I don't yeah. know if he'd be able to, I mean, that explains why to do would, something like that. It, it seems like someone who could make a shot like that would not leave his gun with the thing. Yeah, leave the gun. Yeah. If so, you, know, you know, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, he may have intended to come back. Or maybe... Maybe, maybe but... But it's like it was left in the middle of the street. really lucky with that shot. I don't know. (laughs) Um, okay. Judge Joe Brown, right? He was a real judge, right? Like, he has, like, a TV show now or something. But he was a real judge in the day. And he was actually... It was in, um... The... I think it was Michigan, right? So, I think it was... I don't know if it's like for a specific city about it, but or he was like the state one. I don't remember. He was one of the judges, right? Uh, okay. And he was the judge for the MLK case, and he even says that James Earl Ray wasn't the killer. Huh. And the thing is, um, he had like four years to investigate, and this is like after the case. Yeah. He had like four years to investigate, and. Um, he said that the murder weapon, the supposed murder weapon, right, the one that they found in the street, wasn't even close to, like, the real weapon that shot King. Because he, he was able to see all this evidence, right, from the, the bullet and stuff. And it doesn't match. Like, the bullet doesn't match the gun with, like, the, the velocity. He, he There's a video of him talking about it, right? Yeah. And he goes into so much detail about, like, how many turns per second and, you know, that kind of thing. And That's crazy. It, you can tell he's 
extremely educated on it. Right. I mean, he was the judge, and he had years and years to go over this evidence. Um, however, the bullet didn't match, right? But James Earl Ray pleaded guilty um, to Alford. I'm sorry, to what? And he was never convicted, right? So he pleaded guilty. He was never convicted. And Alford, right, yep. is a kind of, I don't know if it's like a, a thing. I, it is a thing, right, but I don't know if like it's a system or some shit. But, like, it's where you think pleading guilty is in your best interest than otherwise. So, like, let's just say he, you know, pleads innocent and those people who um, actually did it like, find out, and even though he was supposed to take the blame, apparently, so they're gonna go kill him anyway, Uh, you know, so, like, he's like, oh, maybe I just need to take this, and then, like, protect, you know, not only himself, but probably family members, too, so he he took it, right, um, also, after Judge Joe Brown claimed that James Earl Ray did not do it, like, during the trial, he was released of his seat as judge. Oh. Huh. Yeah. And then after, also like a few days later, uh, James Earl Ray soon claimed that he didn't kill MLK, but he did plead guilty. He said he did not kill him, though. Hmm. And then... So pretty much- one of the, the evidence from the judge's perspective, which is like, the biggest eye-opener for me, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that he kind of says is like, you know, I kind of like believe that more than a lot of the stuff because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he said, um, the first detective on the scene, he had known for a long time, right? And so he went to the point of where they supposedly shot, or he knew about it. And he says there was a horizontal branch through the window where he supposedly shot out of. A branch? And, yeah, like a big branch. And he said that, like, you can't even see the hotel Martin Luther King was staying in from there. Jeez. Like, it would have made the shot near impossible. What? Right? But... After about an hour, <laughs> about an hour after, remember it's like a rundown hotel, so like it's not surprising that a branch will be in like in the window. Yeah. Uh, but about an hour later, the whole tree had been cut down, and they said there was an order to cut down the tree by a sanitation crew, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> the sanitation crew had been on strike. So, like, there's no way they would have done it. Huh. Um, But, like, so, like, thinking about that, like, why would you even cut down a tree that close to a place, an active crime scene? You know? To frame. Unless you're trying to, you know, you're trying to frame someone. You know? Yeah. Um, However, the judge kind of claims that the shot was from a firehouse and it was a two-man job. 
All right. Um, which, I mean, that's just kind of a claim. You know, I don't know for real about it, but, like, that's what he thinks. Like I said, there's a video about it. Um, yeah. And so, later on, there's a man named Lloyd Jowers. Which you, I don't know if you've heard that name before, but if you're into conspiracy for this, then you'll definitely hear that name. So, he has, he had a girlfriend, right, who came out 20 years later to say this, but, like, she remembered him minutes after the shooting, seeing Jowers come running inside with a smoking rifle, like, the rifle was literally smoking, and then he was breaking it down in front of her, saying, you wouldn't do anything to hurt me, right? Yeah. And then... After a trial, because she came out and said it, right? He said, yes, he did that all that happened. However, he said he didn't pull the trigger and that he was pressured by the mafia and government help. The mafia? Ooh, that's new. We haven't talked about that yet. And then the last little bit is kind of to wrap it up. I mean, I know I didn't give a lot. I said it was going to be brief, so. Um... There was a conspiracy trial that MLK's family did um, for false... I think it was for false imprisonment on James Earl Ray or something. And it would clear up his name. I think it was after his death, though. Interesting. But, like, you know, anyway. um, But at the end, the jury unanimously voted that Jowers and government were the one that were involved and not James Earl Ray. And that he was set up... Um, however, they kind of just brushed it over. They just left it at that. They didn't really go much into it, but they were suing for it, right? Initially for 10 million. However, to prove that it was not about the money, they lowered it to a hundred dollars. That's what they were suing for. And then they actually got the $100 because, you know, this, the, they won the case. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so I think I that mean, I mean, remember you can hearing prove it's that not about the money by lowering to five million dollars, though. <laughs> yeah, <somewhere>. but <laughs> they, I, I remember hearing somewhere that they said James Earl Ray was just one of the pieces to fall back on, like just one of uh, five people or something like that okay. to fall back on. But it just happened to be him. Yeah. But shoot. That's all I have. Okay. Well, I would definitely recommend listening to the, or that, at least, that, yeah, uh, at least listening to the the judge video. No video. Okay. Yeah, he. When you hear him talk about these things, is so specific and like he's very detailed on it. Mm-hmm. Especially way more detailed than me. I mean, I, <laughs> I brought that like right. I made that so vague on like what he said. So I would definitely give that a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't um, play but, on the podcast yeah. for copyright reasons, but. We can give you another conspiracy theory, this time from Noah. Wait, do we state our opinions on... Oh, you're right. We don't, you have to... You think he was framed? Ask yeah. us, um, framed? What do you think? So do I think... You think he I was think, the killer? Do I think he was the killer? No. Do I think he was framed? <sighs> Maybe. I'm less convinced on that. Though, not like, you know, I'm like 60% sure he was framed. It's just, you know, who okay. was he framed by? Yeah. Right? He okay. could have been framed by 
I mean, the government seems like the most likely choice, but if it was the government, then why did the, the courts also decide that, sure, he was not guilty in the end, right? Yeah, that was, like, I think after he died. It was just, like, a... To yeah. clear up his name, I think. Yeah, okay. You can look it up. It's called, like, the conspiracy trial, so... Alright, Noah? Um... Was he framed? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think what what catches me for most of these conspiracy theories is when, is the debate of like, oh, you can't make that shot. Or someone says, oh, I could make that shot. You know, people on, on YouTube yeah. like to prove that they can make that shot. And so they go out and buy the same rifle and use the same mechanics to, you know, try and shoot that shot. And they're doing it as an experiment for a YouTube video. They're not doing it Mm -hmm. under pressure to murder someone. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely think that it was an organization. I think it makes more sense if this guy's part of an organization and he just, like, drew the short straw, you know? Um, (laughs) especially because if you miss that shot, like your chances are probably gone, you know, like, yeah, he, um, the, the judge mentions that, like, they almost missed, like, yeah, it, it barely, it barely hit him. Like, I mean, it hit him in the face. Right. And it like, he literally talks about where the bullet travels and like what it hits every single thing about it. Um, but like he said, that, oh shoot! What did he say? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> hey, no pressure. Um, he said that um, if someone was right next to an emergency room and got shot with that rifle at the same point, it got hit perfectly. Yeah, they wouldn't have lived. Even if they went right in and got operated on directly in one second, they wouldn't have lived. Wow. And he made it to the hospital, and I mean, I'm sure he died prior but like he was at the hospital and then he was confirmed dead over right there. yeah i i so. think it i think it's plausible that or it's more convincing and definitely plausible that it was it was an organization that did it and mm-hmm. <clears throat> i'm sure there were multiple shooters i think a lot of these conspiracies there are, are multiple shooters just for the fact of like if this guy misses the shot, like, someone else has to pick up the slack and make sure that it gets done because so much planning and organization has gone into this. So, I think, yeah, that's what, that's where I stand on it, at least. What about you, Andre? Andre, where are you at on it? Did it convince you? Um, I mean, I high-key did, I'm not even going to lie. I totally forgot to bring up this. I don't know how big it's going to be, but, like, Prior to him arriving, he, he had, when he stayed at hotels, he was always on the bottom floor. And apparently someone gave the tip to some of the hotel workers that he was going to be upstairs. So they moved his room yeah. upstairs. And you can see on video of him like walking by the stairs as if he's not going to go through it. Like he's going to go to his room where he would stay. And then they're like, oh no, you're upstairs. <laughs> Last second. But like, they don't know where that came from. Weird. But, yeah, I mean, high-key, it did kind of convince me. I do think that 
James Earl probably had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I do not think he was the shooter. Yeah, I, I, I can see that for sure. Um, I guess I'm, I'm up next. Uh, so this one, so mine is, mine is two combined. So what I did was I was like, all right, guys, I want to do the Clinton body count. I want to talk about that conspiracy. And when I dove into it more, it was so boring. It's really a very boring conspiracy. And I'll lay it out for you right here. It's this person dies. They have a connection to, or they get killed, and they have a connection mm-hmm. to the Clintons. Or they disappear in a, pla- in a plane ac- accident, and they're connected to the K- Clintons. It's like close friends of the Clintons, or like bodyguards of the Clintons, and there's really no explanation. Political and, enemies. Yeah, political enemies. And there's no explanation for how they died, or who killed them, and or what accident actually happened. And so it's simply easily point of, it's pointed at the Clintons, you know, you can just tie them yeah. up to it because of, you know, they find some way to link them. Yeah. This person had, uh, you know, a file, a secret file on them, or this person had recovered emails or this person mm. had dirt on them and. Or the bodyguards saw something that they probably weren't supposed to see, or they were going to break their NDA, or something like that. And so, that one's really boring. If you like that kind of stuff, um, like the tedious details of this person did this, and this is why. There's over 50 people that are supposedly a part of the Clinton body count. I think it was 54 before Epstein. Yeah, um, which leads me to my, what I really want to talk about is the Jeffrey Epstein uh, conspiracy. <coughs> Sorry, I cast blown that. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, it was a good, it was a good segue. Um, so, I want to, I'll give you some background and then I'll give you what almost everyone knows because there's a Netflix documentary, he became this big meme, um, and then you guys can, you know say what you think um basically jeffrey epstein is born um into a richer family i would say um he's a super smart kid um he graduates at the age of 16 he skipped two years in high school um so he's super smart super super smart he didn't graduate from college at 16 week um he ends up (laughs) Uh, work. He, he ends up teaching at a school, and then one of the other teachers or other people that worked at that school goes, "Hey, you're really good with numbers. Come be my assistant." So he starts. Uh, he's assisting this guy, this super wealthy guy, um, at some financial firm, and then Epstein starts his own financial firm, and then joins uh, another firm and just starts making all of these connections. <clears throat> when Jeffrey mm-hmm. Epstein starts his own firm, he only deals with people's uh, investment portfolio or value slash net worth of $1 billion and plus. So we're talking influential people. Like, he's yeah. super smart, knows money, knows numbers, and 
knows how to make big connections. Um, basically what happens is he starts to build this empire, um, and somewhere along the way, uh, this perverted instinct kicks in, um, and he starts, uh, sex trafficking with a lot of these other big influential high profile guys. Um, some are allegedly Donald Trump, uh, the Clintons, uh, Bill Gates' name is thrown around, um, some other big... Elon ha- Musk? Yes, Elon Musk as well. Um, a lot of big influential people, their names are thrown around. Um, and <coughs> what happens is a bunch of girls start coming out and saying, like, yes, I was... Um, I was taken to Jeffrey Epstein's island, or I was taken to one of his houses. Um, and Jeffrey Epstein has one, an island in the Virgin Islands, um, and he originally had bought that. Uh, at least what he says is to is just for tax purposes. Um, he there are articles that claim that he um, was able to get out of 90% of his federal taxes for his businesses because he was in the Virgin Islands. This guy knows money. This guy knows people. He knows the economic loopholes. He knows how to stay in the status that he is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, what happens is these girls start coming out and um, the... The police say to go to the FBI um, so that they can start investigating him. So then the FBI and the police are um, they're both investigating him at the same time. The police find um, enough evidence to go and arrest him and charge him. Um, and when the police arrest Jeffrey Epstein, um, that... All of the all of all of the FBI's work gets put into the vault. The FBI stop what they are doing. Um, so in about 2008, he gets arrested, um, and because the FBI dropped their investigation when the police arrested him, there are all of these girls and accounts of um, you know sexual abuse and sex trafficking that get swept mm-hmm. under the rug. He gets an 18-month uh, jail time um, for basically conspiracy to sex traffic and then, like, one account of uh, sexual assault. I'm sorry, that's 18 months? 18 months. He only served... For just conspiracy? <coughs> for conspiracy and um, of sex trafficking and then sexual assault on top of that. So it's two different charges. Okay. Um Oh, okay. The pol- yeah, yeah. Basically, what happened is the police did not have as much as the FBI had, but the Ooh. but the police jumped the gun and got him uh, and started charging him early before the FBI could get to it. So everything that the FBI had got put on hold while the police charged him. He serves thirteen months of that eighteen month sentence, um, and then the FBI and the police worked together and. Um, all of these girls had basically the same story, um, as, and 
you know, none of them had contacted each other. When everyone's story is lining up, like, yeah, Jeffrey told me to strip for money and then took me to his houses and then sexually assaulted me or took me to one of his houses and then one of his colleagues, you know, raped me. Um, yeah. All of those line up and they're basically the same story. And so they finally arrest him in 2019. And this is where we get into the conspiracy part of it. Um, he ends up getting injured um, in his cell two weeks before he dies. And he had a uh, cellmate at the time. Neither of them knew what happened. They just saw that Jeffrey Epstein was laying on the floor injured one morning. Um, and so they had assumed that he was trying to commit suicide. Two weeks later, or a week after, his cellmate gets moved to somewhere else. Jeffrey Epstein's put on suicide watch, which means there are guards mm-hmm. checking him every 30 minutes. And... What ends up happening is the guards fall asleep for what they say was three hours, and then they they uh, falsified records, and they had ended up falling asleep for eight hours. In the morning, they go and check on him and find him uh, not hanging, but on the ground dead. Um, and the bones that were broken in his neck are the same ones that are found in murders so when someone's strangulation yeah um it's also common for that bone in the neck to be broken when um when suicide happens um the cameras in the cell also mal uh just stopped working um (laughs) during the time of his death um and so there's a lot up in the air, you know, um, he had contact with so many different people. Um, and so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of not evidence, but there's like, you know, you can try and point fingers at all these different people. Um, but many people think that, uh, he didn't kill himself. And that he was murdered. And then there are other people that want to take the conspiracy even further and say that he is still alive and that his um, that his body was faked and uh, or it was like you know a, a stunt double basically, um, and that he's yeah that he's basically still alive somewhere and that you know his money and his wealth and all of these other people that he's connected to were able to fake his death um that one's a bit more iffy for me um but the conspiracy is did he actually kill himself what do you guys think no <laughs> uh <laughs> going into it i didn't think he did <laughs> Um, but do I think the Clintons yeah. did it? Uh, I don't think I don't think I believe that. Yeah, this one. If you look at the list of people that he's associated with, and so recently, um, so if you guys are familiar with the hacking group Anonymous, they recently mm-hmm. uh, released FBI records or CIA records, one of the two. 
basically they released records saying that Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein both were um, both had sexually assaulted this girl um, and so it's hard to tell like who would have killed him because Jeffrey Epstein was known to make a good connection and relationship with someone and then find dirt on them so that if something ever happened, then he could blackmail them because he knew that he, what he was doing, you know, he had admitted himself that he had slept with over a thousand girls, you know? And so there's so many people that you could point the finger at, um, whether it's Donald Trump, Elon Musk, you know, all of these big hedge fund guys that work at these big corporations or the Clintons, you know? Yeah. So it's just all too convenient, you know, that the cameras were down, the officers were sleeping. And and what motive would he have to kill himself? Yeah. That's another I mean if he got out mm-hmm. and he was looking at forty five years of a sentence and he was like sixty at the time or something like the mid sixties. I mean That makes more sense. That that does make more sense. But I would still wait till after the sentence. Yeah, well even if he can get eighteen months and then get out thirteen on thirteen months for, you know, with so how much evidence they had the first time. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that he'd be able to get out even sooner the second time, you know? I mean, those kinds of people can buy, you know, their way out of a lot of situations. Yeah. They got power. Yeah. Man. I don't know who I would point the finger at, but I definitely think that... You ruling out suicide? Uh, yeah, definitely ruling out. Yeah. Ruling out suicide. See, but that's, that's why it makes more sense that he would frame himself or that he would fake death. Uh-huh. Because now he can keep doing what he's always been doing. And, you know... Well, people just think he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I... When the guards falsified their records, you know, they told the police, oh, it only been three hours since we last checked on him. It was multiple guards, you know? Something yeah. tells me... And then they went back and said, oh, no, it was eight hours. Something tells me that they were bought off, you know? And security cameras yeah, don't yeah. do that. Just on the convenient night that he supposedly yeah, dies, that's real. You know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he was alive walking around somewhere, but I think it makes more sense based on his character and the person that he was. It makes more sense that like if he did rape girls with Donald Trump or Bill Clinton. It makes more sense for them to just off him, you know? I don't think he had very many allies as he did when he died than, you know, the enemies that he had. So. Yeah, that makes sense. True. Is it my turn for a theory? It is. What do you got for us? Okay, I'm not going to say the name of the theory yet because I have a dramatic introduction. Okay. All right. The theory I will be sharing with you today is not new. In fact, it spans back far to the ancient Grecian lore. Modern scientists, most modern scientists at least, debate back and forth between whether the Earth is a series of layers, cores, and a crust, or whether the Earth is in fact flat, not unlike Noah's rear end. Today, however, (laughs) I will inform you of who the unsung hero is. You see, dear commies, there is a slight, silent majority whom we have not considered. 
not silent because they aren't speaking, but silent because their words are muffled. This people group lives far underground, within the hollows of the earth. Yes, today I am telling you all the truth, the hard truth. Truth that the United World Powers do not want you to hear. The earth we love so dear is neither layered nor flat. It is hollow. In order for me to convince you, though, I must travel both through time and through space. I hope you're ready to join me in this magical journey. Bro, my seatbelt is strapped in, bro. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Though the idea has been around for millennia, the first actual scientific embarkment to enlighten the world to the hidden reality of its own very nature began in 1692. A young scientist by the name of Edmund Halley did much with his life. He studied the sky, he discovered a comet, he provided the world with information and breakthrough. So it was very strange that one day his compass stopped working. He is not one to see an anomaly and move on, though. Edmund took down notes. Wherever his compass went haywire, he made measurements. All his research and experimenting led him to a wild discovery. Based on what we already know of the gravitational pull between the Earth, the Sun, and the Moon, he realized that the Earth actually has numerous nested spherical shells all surrounding the core. He also pointed out that some layers had luminous atmospheres capable of supporting life. Since Edmund, many scientists have developed similar but separate ideas to support the readings from the compass. Some say the Earth has only one outer layer and inner, with one large cavern in between. Some say that the Earth has its own mini-sun in the center, providing light to its inner layer. Then, a vet named Symes came out and published his belief in the news. And I have the article printed out with me. I'm going to read basically all I have here. All right. Light gives light to light discover. Ad infinitum. St. Louis, Missouri Territory, North America, April 10th, A.D. 1818. To all the world, I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spelled incorrectly, concentric spheres, one within the other, and that it is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and I am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. Then he signs it, of Ohio, late captain of infantry, and then a little P.S. He says, I have ready for the press a treatise on the principles of the matter, wherein I show proofs of the above positions, account for various phenomena, and disclose Dr. Darwin's golden secret. My terms are the, part, are the patronage of this and the new worlds. I dedicate uh, to my wife and her ten children. I select, and then he Damn. lists off a few people as my protectors. Then I ask 100 brave companions, well-equipped, to start from Siberia in the fall, see, uh, sun, with reindeer and sleighs on the ice of the frozen sea. I engage, we find warm and rich land, stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men, on reaching one degree northward of latitude 82, we will return in the succeeding spring. Okay, and that was Symes. So, 
Symes started the search. <coughs> he began the spark, convincing people to go out looking for the truth. And one day, I kid you not, Jean-Antoine Leclerc found a people group whose ancestors had originated from the hollow earth. He took, he took a group of hundreds of Creek Indians, that's their tribe name, to caverns yeah. near the Mississippi River, where the ancient ancestors are said to have come out from millennia ago. However, due to, of course, seismic activity and the changing of the times, the caverns have far since been uh, collapsed. It's, you can't get into there. You can't right. get into the, the next layer from there. Even then, however, Leclerc estimated that up to 20,000 people could have easily been kept and lived within the cavern space that they were in. So there was clearly a large area down there, even after the pathway has been closed. And the government has tried to hide this from us. Campaigns were made, proposals proposed for an expedition to the North Pole. Symes did get a bunch of people to help. And the North Pole is often said to have held an entrance, but Congress shut it down every time. They do not want us to know the truth. Why? What could be in the underworld which the higher world powers don't want us to find? I know, and this will shock you. Let me talk to you about Admiral Richard Byrd, who claimed to be the first person to fly over the North and South Pole. According to certain believers, Byrd's secret journal from 1947 included a report of flying into one of the entrances, which are called Symes Holes. That's, the, that's uh, one of the entrances into the Hollow Earth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So he records flying into one and making contact with the super race that lives inside the Earth. But this was before World yep. War II. Okay, that was really random for me to say, right? Yes. Is the super, super race... Uh the elites from Halo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cannot verify that. They did not have <laughs> a camera with them, sorry. Okay. It's okay. So the reason I mentioned World War II is because a verifiable but not super well-known fact about German territory is that Hitler had a surprising amount of control over both the Arctic zones. Mm-hmm. And he was very well informed about the reality of the Hollow Earth. In fact, he loved studying up on... Uh, Edmund's research, or Symes' books. Symes actually didn't publish books, but his son did. Okay. Um, oh yeah, so he loved studying up about the hollow earth and the enlightened society. Given that he was one of the strongest world powers at the time, he obviously would have known about it, because it was them who were trying to silence us. And many often theorized where Hitler went after he faked his death. Right? They say he went to, uh, I think Argentina is the yeah. strongest belief. That's where most people think. But those who are who are sure of the truth, as I am now, can tell you that Hitler, the leader of the Nazi regime, escaped silently into the hollow earth and now coexides with other Germans with the super race that lives down there. Alright. Wow. That's it. That's my that's my I typed out the whole thing. That's I have read Many times before about that, uh, the Hitler thing, it, holding uh, control over the the pole, like especially yeah. Antarctica. Um, All right. <laughs> which is wild is like people technically aren't allowed to live in Antarctica. Huh. Wait, why? I don't know. 
Well, the North Pole I'm, I'm, has... You can't go there without, like, permits and shit. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I don't know who we, who we would get permits from, but the North Pole is yeah. what's said to have the, um, the entrance. And though okay. longer longer ago they said there was an entrance on the North and South Pole, only the North Pole entrance has been discovered. I can't say about the South one. Ah, uh, okay. So, <laughs> any questions? No questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I okay. First, I was like, okay, what? This is I know. so out there. I know. And you kind of like you definitely you had some evidence you know, it together. Well, and I searched Admiral Byrd, yeah. and articles about Hollow Earth came up. <laughs> this is an actual thing. I told you, man. And there's evidence <laughs> to support it. Like, I'm not even kidding. Dude, the government doesn't want us to know. That's I remember. Crazy. I remember a while back, <laughs> Noah, on Twitter... <clears throat> I sent you a theory from, like, a thread yeah. about... It was something similar to this, and it was, like, saying that, like, the the South Pole in Antarctica uh, held, like, the the gateway to, like, hell or something. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it was, it was, so, was kind of similar, you know? Yeah. No. Not completely, but, like, it definitely has something to do with, like, the poles. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a little sorry because I can't tell you how many layers there are. I can't tell you whether the the there's actually a mini stun yeah. in the center. Yeah. But You talking about the core? <laughs> I was actually thinking about <laughs> that because like the center would have to be attracting the most like all the mass from the outside and it yeah. would be a very hot substance and and or at least a very energized substance, not necessarily hot, but it would give off a lot of its energy through either heat or light. So well, and I, I don't think that, because I'm looking at pictures, I don't think that it's, um, I think the way that you explained it makes more sense than the way that... The layering? The, the just the holes and the tunnels and, you know, the, yeah. the way it's structured, uh, the way that he said it versus these photos, because the photos think that like they look ridiculous it's like you crack open an it's egg almost and like a yeah i was gonna say like an easter egg. right i think it's it's much more like this one is ridiculous where you, it looks like you just like <laughs> someone photocopied like a crater on top of the <coughs> antarctic area where you just like area. take a cylindrical drill and just <laughs> drill through the middle of the earth and there you go boom hollow earth <laughs> i don't wait you know why the the, the entrance and exit oh, that's from such there a good point from there Listen to it. Ready? I'm ready. The holes are there at the poles. Because if you look at a globe, where does, like, the piece go? Where does the, you know what I'm saying? Where does the what go? When you have a globe that spins, yeah. it's connected, like, by a singular pole from the top and the bottom <laughs> of the actual globe. In the poles. There okay. so. Interesting. Shoot. But you know how Vikings are, like... You know, traditionally the super super strong kind of and uh-huh. bigger and kind of giantish. Uh-huh. What if that's because they also came from the super race within the center of the earth? That makes sense. Shoot, because they live in the north, and that's why they have red hair. No one else has red hair. Oh my gosh, I I could. Hmm. I think I okay. Here's where I'm at. Yeah, tell me. 
Tell me how convinced you are. Tell me, tell me how convinced you were before I read my script and then after. No, I was not convinced at all. But now, but it makes, it's not the most of a stretch than, other, than the other conspiracies that we've covered. It makes sense, but I think you lose me at the, like, superior race within and, like, some of the ways that are, this is portrayed. Right, and well, me saying superior race right. isn't like... This is just the other guy's words. Yeah, I mean, that, that is me going off of some of the more famous articles and books that are published, but also it's like one, one of the Native American tribes w- would have been from the underworld uh-huh. or from the inner world. And that's not like, you know, super tall, super muscular, super smart... I mean, they're, yeah. they're still human, generally speaking. But it is also possible that, like, I mean, we, no, no one in America knew kangaroos existed until, wow, here we are in Australia, boom, there's a kangaroo, what is that? So, the, so the <laughs> same, in the same way, there could be animals that <coughs> haven't been discovered yet within the... the That's history. true. Yeah. But not only that, but in the ocean, bro. The ocean especially, yeah. <laughs> there is 100% a kraken down there, bro. Not even gonna lie. I am a firm believer that there is a kraken down there. <laughs> wow. Alright. Um, it's, it's pretty convincing, but we all know that the Earth is flat. Come on whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, stop. <laughs> I am a flat earther till the stop. day I die. I was, I was gonna mention this. <laughs> We mentioned on, I think, when Jacob was a guest, how during the Flat Earth episode, we all kind of faked, oh, yeah, that's possible. So, so I'm fine yeah. saying again on, on this that, yeah, we were faking back then. Yeah, we but were. I am not even kidding you right now. I now believe at least in the possibility of Hollow Earth. Like, I'm going to hit you with my, uh, my usual saying when it comes to these kind of things. No, I was going to say okay. that. I was going to say... <laughs> I don't think it's hollow. However, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. The government be hiding everything from us, so I'm really open to like a lot of stuff happening. I mean, the government <laughs> was being really suspicious, especially because back back when the searches were proposed, is it was a time where the government was you know super encouraging expeditions to right. to like the West Coast, and they wanted to see expansion in the U.S. But then. They say, wait, a whole other world down there? No, we don't want that for some reason. It wasn't even <laughs> expensive. They just said, nope, no expedition for you. Okay. That, I think, yeah, because there are a lot of, like, hey, I think I saw this, or I thought that I saw this, and I went to warn the president, and now I am can't talk about anything, and I've been held for, yeah. you know, reasons that I can't explain. Yeah. I... I think that this theory is more probable than the Earth being flat. And I don't think it's... I can, I can agree with that. I don't think that both poles connect to each other. I think that's a stretch. I think it would I be... I never said that, just to be clear. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just... Based on the photos that I've seen, I don't okay. think that the poles are connected. I think you go down... And I want to see what... I want to I want to hear a geologist talk about this and talk about you know like layers of the earth and stuff like that. I don't know. Geologists study 
the books and the science schools and the schools are primarily funded by the government, so I don't feel super. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Get it. Get an independent geologist. Yeah, and someone who learned on their own, never opened a book. I think if the, <laughs> I think, I would call it like tunnel earth instead of hollow earth. Yeah, I think that there's makes like, sense. like how our our the face of the earth is geographically made up. I think it could look similar to that on a 3d scale inside the earth of like you know there's canals and maybe there's a body of water here and there's like maybe a big land here that wraps all the way around and then you gotta go back to i don't know i think it's probably it's more probable than flat earth and if there are you know holes or whatever I think they're mm-hmm. I think they're long gone. I think that the earth has changed so much that you probably have to know some crazy people to get access to these to the hollow earth. Yeah. I don't think anyone can just fly a plane, you know, find a door that gets you in. I think you, you gotta, have to know where it is. You got to know somebody who knows somebody who might know something about somebody that can get in. Yeah. You know? Or knows how to contact the people living inside. That's where I'm at. Okay, so that being said, you were 0% convinced before I told you this. Yes. But you're also 0% convinced against Flat Earth. Yes. So you saying it's more probable than Flat Earth doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. (laughs) Could you give me, like, a percentage? If 100 is like, okay, I know there's a Flat Earth, and I know I can't find... I'm sorry, I know there's a Hollow Earth. I know I can't find it, but it's there. Then where and zero is you know same with flat earth. Where are you at right now? You're gonna be so disappointed in my answer. Maybe like five percent. Five percent. I told you you wouldn't be very happy what? with that number. <laughs> okay. Well, that's maybe ten. Maybe I can push it to ten if I talk to somebody who knows a lot about rocks and how that that all works. But when when I looked up the this rock here, but when you looked up rock, you Admiral know? Bird, you were like super surprised. No, I know, I know. And Shoot, he was. Okay. I feel like that was just him more being surprised that it was a thing. I think think I'm at... I'll be at 10. I'll be at 10. I think you're at 15. (laughs) Andre, how about you? I'm... I'm at an undefined number, you know? No, you gotta... You gotta land somewhere. (laughs) Land that plane in the Hollow Earth. I'll hit you with the 20%. Ooh, okay. I'm actually 25. It's it's, it's mainly... It's mainly because... Um... I'm really open to new things, yeah. like new theories and stuff. So that's fair. But he—I mean, I don't know what is real. I haven't from the Hollow Earth. It's hard to trust other people's words about anything. So, like, I mean, how do I even know that like other continents exist, Loki? You know. <laughs> what? Oh, I haven't been there. I haven't. You know. But he found people. In the. Yeah, ho- that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is like I trust those people, right? Okay. okay. So I could see something like that happening. All right. Okay. You know? Yeah, I get you. <laughs> uh, you said I make no sense? No, you do. I'm actually really okay. happy with how that went. <laughs> well, it definitely, Shoot. it definitely, it's, it's possible. I threw an underdog in there, and I think he did really well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, those are, yeah, those are our conspiracies for this season um that was fun i like i like those ones um 
you guys want to hear any specific ones, you guys got to tell us. You guys got to message us and let us know. That way we can start planning for season four. Mm-hmm. Um, because we didn't get you an episode last week, we will give you guys next week an episode with a guest. So that's the trade-off. Um, yeah. We Thanks for listening. Yeah. We will see you guys next week. Adios.